Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I watch Doctor Who and I tell you all about it. Hey, Kyle. How's it going today, Benny? Um, it's going pretty well. It's uh, Sunday today, so Sundays I tend to have a lot of chores to do, but uh, that's good. You know, it keeps keeps things going. <laughs> Indeed. I have spent some time this morning working on another project that I'll probably tell our listeners about someday, but I think I'm not going to mention it quite yet. Yeah, you don't want someone to steal that idea because that's a million-dollar idea right there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, listeners will know what, what I meant when, when they see it, and they'll be like, oh, dang, that is that is good stuff. And then they'll hopefully back your Kickstarter or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, I definitely will tell the listeners about it someday because, you know, this podcast is going to go forever. So yes, exactly. Our podcast will definitely still be running while I become a multimillionaire from this other project. And then you guys, you know, your listeners will all be able to say, oh, yes, I remember when Kyle, the world famous creator of insert name of project here. I remember when he was still the host of this podcast where he watched Doctor Who and told you all about it. And then they'll be like, oh, wait, he still is the host. What season are they on? Are they into the <laughs> new Doctor Who yet? No, I don't think so. Because it's been going on forever. <laughs> um, cool. So one thing I wanted to, to say before we begin is I was talking to a... Uh, a listener and friend of the podcast earlier um, about the Doctor's Watcher, and I mentioned to her how we, uh, you know, the the editing that goes into the podcast, and and that what you hear when you listen to the podcast doesn't exactly match the conversation that took place when we uh, we recorded it. I cut a lot of the silences and bits where we stumble over our words and stuff. And she was surprised to hear it because she was like, but then there are these parts that you leave in where you say we should cut this later. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, whenever we say that we're going to cut it later, we never actually intend to cut it later. <laughs> so this is for the listeners who, you know, are, are always disappointed that we missed those bits uh -huh. and we accidentally left them in. A little behind the scenes. Just just letting you know that we never actually intended to remove them if we said that we were going to remove them. It's always just a bit. Or, I mean, to be fair, sometimes I'm not sure if we'll remove it later, and then when I'm editing it, I just kind of make a judgment call. Yeah, I feel like there's at least once when, in the early episodes, when I did the first pass edit, when I actually asked you, like, did we're going to leave this part in like as a bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's just that I'm too lazy and I'm like, eh, I'll just leave it in. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe someone will laugh <laughs> and maybe not, but then who cares? It's fine. So I actually also wanted to mention something that I was discussing with, I believe the same listener and friend of the pod as you. <laughs> Probably. We don't have that many listeners, <laughs> at least not ones that we, we talk to on the regular. Um, but listeners, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Indeed. Uh, 
And actually, before I mention this thing I was about to say, I will also mention that I, I did hear from a few different listeners regarding the Sabitha Altos ship name. And what? I hadn't heard that yet. That's awesome. Thank yeah, I think uh, Subaltos seems to be the preferred name. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's not what I was going to mention here, actually. <laughs> uh, what I was discussing with with our friend of the pod was ableism actually which Mm. i think is something that was not at all on people's minds when the show was made back in the 60s -hmm. but was something that i had been thinking about in regards to this particular serial because tlatoxel the high priest of sacrifice i think never throughout this entire serial actually straightens his back he spends the entire thing hunched over like my back gets sore just watching him do this mm. this performance mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's some real ableist villain coding there i think mm-hmm. and yeah i i understand that it's kind of shakespearean and like reference to king richard and whatnot but but it's still some pretty ableist villain coding and i just wanted to mention that yeah, for sure. It's a it's this type of visual shorthand that I think a lot of times um, storytellers will use as a shortcut to be like, of course, the you know square-shouldered, straight-backed person is the hero, and then the the more kind of twisted, deformed person is the villain because their twisted body mirrors their twisted mind or something. But that, right. that is that is not a great assumption to be making right there. Um, and yeah, it creates this, uh, this expectation among um, audiences, especially young audiences for shows like this. And, you know, watch any Disney movie <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, it sort of associates this physical... Um, deformity with uh, with moral decrepitude or, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I guess just one more one more notch on the Aztec serials problematic column in the problematic faves chart. <laughs> I like that. That's two two separate columns: problematic and fave. <laughs> So today we are here to discuss episode 29 of season one, The Bride of Sacrifice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good title. Indeed. And uh, Benny, this is the first episode we're recording today, and I think it's been a couple weeks since you edited our previous ones. So do you recall our Cliff Dingler? It's been several weeks since I edited them, but it hasn't been that long since you sent me the finalized version. Oh, that's um, true. So I should remember. Um, yes, so Ian is going to fight um, uh, the Aztec soldier guard leader guy. Ixta. Yeah, I, I was going to try to remember, but <laughs> you skipped ahead to the bit where I wasn't going to be able to remember, and you just told me, yeah, Ixta. Um, so, so Ian and Ixta were about to fight, and then um, the... Uh, the, the the bad priest is that Tlatoxel? Yeah. Um, he 
kind of manipulates the perfect sacrifice to to put this fight together, and then he decides to make it, I think, to the death. Um, and uh, Barbara, who I'm trying to remember the, the name of the, uh, the the Aztec god that she's impersonating, and then what we ended up calling her, uh, starts with a Y, I think, or a Y sound. Um, uh, yeah, the god was Yataxa. Yataxa. So okay. we've been calling um, her Barb Taxa. Yeah, she she's being kind of manipulated into this whole thing too, um, as this test of her divinity. Um, meanwhile, the doctor, without realizing um, what was going on, he gave Ixta um, this pin or needle that uh, had um, this leaf juice put on it that was gonna make ian sleepy and it seems to be doing the trick so now and I, yeah there, there was something definitely about uh, some bride thing at the end like they're gonna make barbara marry somebody i forget who or was that was that a thing or am i just assuming that uh no that's that hasn't been a thing okay <laughs> so yeah but i do think that they just made it a fight to the death yeah we got to the fight and it was going to be a fight to the death. Ian is basically succumbing to the shit that the doctor gave Ixta to scratch him with. And basically, Totoxel is encouraging Ixta to kill Ian. And Barb Taxa shows up to try to put a stop to it. And Tlatoxel issues a challenge, essentially. He tells Barbara that if she truly is a god she should save Ian. And like that moment is the Cliff Dangler moment. Nice. And we pick up in this episode, you know, directly from that moment. And she does go ahead and save Ian by pulling a knife on Tlatoxel and saying that if Ian dies, then she will kill Tlatoxel. Whoa, nice job, Barbara, person of action. Yep, so Ixta drops his weapon. And like, wow, we're starting this episode right off with a damn Barb Taxa moment. Damn Barb Taxa. So the fight officially ends without Ixta being able to claim victory. Nice. So Toxel turns to Ixta and he's like, what the fuck, dude? Did the old man really help you cheat? You know, he doesn't really understand, like, why the doctor would help Ixta against Ian. But Ixta's like, oh, he didn't know that it was Ian that I was fighting. And I promised to show him the blueprints to the tomb if he helped me win. So Tlatoxel gets that piece of information. He's like, oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, we had to remind the the audience what happened in last week's episode. <laughs> right. Um they they don't have the benefit of, of my stumbling memory trying to recall <laughs> what went on. So Tlatoxel hears about the doctor being interested in the tomb, and he heads off to go question the doctor. Back in the temple, Otlock, the high priest of knowledge, is talking to Barbara, and he's like, dude, Yataxa, Tlatoxel is going to be pissed. Like, everybody thought that you were going to do a miracle back there in the fight room. And, and she's like, yeah, dude, that was a miracle. Was <laughs> miracle is face. Uh-huh. My knife. 
she says, Why should I use divine powers when human ability will suffice? That's right. He ain't worth it. Uh-huh. Alok's like, yeah, I guess. They continue to talk. And in the course of this discussion, it comes up that there's going to be a solar eclipse in three days. You know, as I was thinking, <laughs> as I was thinking back um, on this episode, um, and I was I was trying to remember. Okay, is this the the thing that has the this? You know, they traveled to like an Aztec world where they've got the the pyramids and the the sacrifice and stuff, and then they use a solar eclipse to their advantage. And then I was <laughs> like, no, I'm pretty sure that's an episode, or that's a. a a Tintin comic, <laughs> and then I went. Is it both? Oh, I haven't I read. I think it's both. <laughs> I haven't read Tintin myself, so I couldn't say if it's both. But it's definitely this. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> look that up in the background while you go on. Nice. the The fact that there's a solar eclipse actually allows us to know the exact date that the serial took place. Oh, cool. Yeah, I. I checked a database of like historic solar eclipses online and I looked at all of the total solar eclipses from 1420 to 1440. Cool. And sure enough, there was one on the 22nd of February, 1430, that would have been visible from the part of Central America where the Aztec Empire was located. <laughs> I mean, I think that you've probably put a little more research into this than the show's writers ever did. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think that's, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's too, too exact. I think John Lucarotti probably looked it up himself. Huh. Okay. Sure. And by the way, I did look up this, uh, this Tintin comic called Prisoners of the Sun. And sure enough, in that one too, they use the solar eclipse um, <laughs> to their advantage. So yeah, I, uh, I guess that's just the thing you do. Nice. And now I'm like, did I also see this in an Uncle Scrooge comic? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at this point I may uh, just be making that one up though. I did want to mention here, I could save this for like when the eclipse actually takes place in the show. But since we're talking about it now, I wanted to mention it now. And I wanted to say that I personally was lucky enough to witness the total solar eclipse back in August of 2017, which feels cool. like forever ago. <laughs> uh, well, it was. It was yeah. Like, you know, a million years ago. But a friend of mine and I drove to Idaho and we went to this little town up in the mountains north of Boise and like it was really incredible I would highly encourage our listeners if you ever get the opportunity to witness a total solar eclipse you should definitely do it if you have to travel to see it in the totality and you're able to do that and you have the means to do that like definitely do it I know a lot of our listeners are in the United States, and there is going to be another one on the 8th of April, 2024. But if you're out west like Benny and I, you are going to have to travel to see it. So, you know, plan in advance. Hotels and <laughs> Airbnbs and shit are going to fill up, assuming that we're not in a plague anymore. You've got till 2024, folks. <laughs> Get on that. <laughs> but... Back to your regularly scheduled Doctor's Watcher, we learn that 
there's this 1430 eclipse upcoming in a few days and they're going to have another human sacrifice during this eclipse to make sure that the sun comes back. Barbara is like, dude, you're the high priest of knowledge. You know it's going to come back regardless. Mm -hmm. And Otlock's like, "Uh, unless it doesn't. (laughs) He's like, you know, we've never actually tried that. (laughs) (laughs) Barb Taxa says, Am I not a god? Support me. Klotoxa won't dare defy us both. But I think I think he'll dare. Yeah, Otlock's pretty nervous about this. <laughs> Otlock says, "If I take that course, there is no way back for me." In all humility, I beg you, do not deceive me or prove false to me. Which does kind of suck because, like, she is actually a false goddess. Yeah, I feel a little bad for him. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's the Toxel is questioning the doctor, and this is actually a pretty interesting little exchange. He starts off with talking about the doctor helping Ixta, and the doctor insists that he's loyal to his friends and that Ixta cheated him by like not holding up his end of the bargain, I guess, or like not telling him that it was Ian or something. That part was unclear. I suspect this by not telling him it was Ian. Yeah. But Tilatoxel thinks that the doctor is going behind Yatoxa's back, or Barbtoxa's back, by trying to gain access to the tomb without her knowledge, which I thought was interesting. I didn't quite see that coming. Hmm. But the fact that the doctor is trying to get access to the tomb... Tlatoxel thinks is the doctor working against Yatoxa. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe he's being like all tricksy here because at that point he's kind of got the doctor. Like either the doctor says, um, oh, uh, yeah, I I was totally doing it against Yatoxa, in which case he's going against the will of a, you know, so-called God. Right. Or he says, no, no, I'm doing this totally within with the understanding um, of Yatoxa. And then the the, um, the Toxel has got a confession that Yatoxa is working, you know, to get it back into the temple, which seems... That's true, um, which she should just know how to do already, or yeah. be able to do. That's actually a good point. The doctor gives up, basically. He's just like, fuck. What is it you want from me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Ixta says, I mm-hmm. want one thing, proof that she is a false goddess. Then- and the doctor is just like, fine, open the tomb. Ixta's got the blueprints. Tlatoxel yeah. wonders at this point who the doctor actually serves. And we get a very doctory response when he says, I serve the truth. Help me, Latoxel, And I promise you, you will find it. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And it's... It's correct. Like, if Tlatoxel helps the doctor open the tomb, he will get the truth. Truth being that Barbara is actually a false goddess, and they're all going to GTFO in the TARDIS. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's being a little optimistic about uh, the the chances of Tlatoxel sort of going along with this, but uh, I guess it's worth a shot. Yeah. So we cut from this scene over to the warrior's chamber, 
and the Ixtian ship gets developed a bit further when Ixta is like, dude, since I defeated you in public now, you don't have to be scared of me anymore. I won't, I won't attack you in private. Hmm. But Ian keeps it up with the burns. He's like, <laughs> whatever it was, you scratched me with, beat me. Not you, Ixta. Ixta's like, didn't you say that I should use more stealth and cunning? And no, like, I said I was going to use stealth <laughs> As they talk a little bit further, we get our canonical ship moment when Ixta says, Now that I have proved that I can be the victor, we too can be friends for the little while that you have left to live. Uh, I, I thought you were going to keep going with something no, it's just a even friend. more shippy than that. But that's not bad. Yeah, that's something. That's, that's, ships have been built on less. <laughs> <laughs> ships have sailed far on much less. Ian's just like, I'm going to die, am I? And Ixta says, Oh, yes, Ian. Next time I shall not fail to kill you. Now, now, that's something you can build a ship on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like a frenemy ship more than just a friendship. Yeah. It's also like, um, you know... I feel like I want to work in some sort of like hand-to-hand um, rematch something <laughs> innuendo here. Uh, uh-huh. You know, we'll, we'll see what comes up. So it's the Toxel shows up, and he asks Ixta for the temple blueprints, but it turns out that was a lie. There are no blueprints. Ixta's dad. <laughs> was going to draw them but like he died before he could i mean it's like you know how many how many developers have written code and then they meant to write the documentation for it and then yeah, just never got around to it. <laughs> i thought it was pretty interesting though because it implies that the temple was built was actually built without using like written down or drawn blueprints mm-hmm. so i'm not quite sure how that worked but I mean, once you build like a couple pyramids, like yeah. temples, it's, it's just the same thing. You just <laughs> keep going. So Ixta and Ian both leave, but Ian sticks around long enough to eavesdrop on Tlatoxel and another priest, Tanilla, as the two of them begin to hatch a plan to reveal Barb Taxa as a false goddess. He's not able to eavesdrop long enough to hear what the plan actually is because Ixta calls him away. But the plan that they end up coming up with is that they're going to poison her. Mm. And if she dies, she was a false goddess. If she lives, she's a real goddess. And they're all in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, basically. Tanil is kind of unsure about the idea, but like, Tlatoxel talks him into it, basically. Hi, Kyle here. Thanks for listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you would leave a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. But aside from that, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to drop us a line by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Off in the old folks' garden, Otlock is talking to Kameka about 
how happy she seems. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she's happy because of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Apparently she wasn't trying to politely blow him off in the previous episode. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, it's just all part of the process. <laughs> it's all part of that ship. Maybe they got like all this, uh, fan mail between episodes and all the fans were like, oh man, we're really into this Doc Maka ship. We think it's a a lot better than the Doc Architecture ship. (laughs) Those poor Doc Architecture fans (laughs) are still out there trying to write their fix and not getting Uh any kudos. So Kameka's got a bag of cocoa beans that she got from the market and Altlock suggests that she prepare them as a love potion but I feel like, you know, any anything you make with cocoa beans is going to be a love potion. <laughs> yeah. Just automatically. She's not that forward, though. She says... Oh, that would be too bold. Rather, he should show his love for me. So she wants the doctor to prepare the cocoa beans for her. Cool. I mean, that works. Yeah. Yeah. She heads on over to the doctor in, you know, the other part of the old folk's garden First, I was picturing like the camera pans over and he's sitting like next bench or something. (laughs) No, she had to walk like probably five or ten feet. Okay. (laughs) He's like, oh, cool. Good to see you again. And she's like, really? You seem pretty into the architecture. (laughs) He says, just leave the two of you alone. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I was merely passing the time until you arrived. But this architecture is pretty cool. (laughs) She sits down and deliberately spills her cocoa beans as she sits. And he notices... Oh, dear me, I forgot I had all these cocoa beans on me. (laughs) Uh Whatever shall I do with them? My goodness, there sure are a lot. (laughs) So the doctor helps her clean them up. And as they do so, she explains to him that they use cocoa beans as money. And he's like, What an excellent idea. A currency. You can drink delicious. Yes, I I am inclined to agree. She asks him if he knows their custom, saying, The drinking of cocoa has its own special meaning. (laughs) Uh, Let's see how good he is at picking up on on subtlety. Yeah, he completely misses it. He's Uh just like, yes, I agree. A rare delight. We should take a cup together. (laughs) She's like, yes, an afternoon delight. Uh (laughs) She's like, really? And he's like, yeah, really. Give me some beans. I'll go make us a cup. (laughs) She's like, really, really? And he's like, yeah, really, totally for sure. (laughs) So Kameka says, <laughs> Kameka says, God's a smiling favor through your eyes. May it always be so. My dear doctor, I accept with all my heart. <laughs> He's and, like, man, this lady really likes her coffee. Uh-huh. So or, he, or yeah, hot chocolate or whatever. He heads off to prepare the beans. Back in the temple, Ian has gone to warn Barb Taxa about Slatoxel and Tanilla's plan, but of course he doesn't know the specific details. He doesn't know that they're going to poison her. He just knows they're going to do something. He knows they're up to something. 
as they talk, we get back into the whole racism that permeates this whole serial as Barbara talks about how evil Tlatoxel is, and she's worried that he'll convince everyone else to be evil too. But Ian's like, no, the thing is, everyone else already agrees with Tiltoxel. They're all already evil. Otlock is the odd man out. Mm. Barbara wonders, like, what they can do. And Ian's basically just like, we can open the tomb and GTFO. Like, I'll grant you that Tiltoxel is is pretty awful, and he could probably be safely called evil. But, yeah, applying that to, like, everyone else, too, that's... uh. That's not great. Yeah, because, yeah, the society at large has not rejected the idea of human sacrifice. Therefore, every single Aztec person is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a stretch. Yeah, it's sort of this thing I sort of think about with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. If a character is like lawful good, lawful evil, um, doesn't it depend on the society that they live in and who who passes those laws? Right. Yeah, that's kind of part of why in our game that's an alignment isn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people just are what they are and they they serve the ends that they serve. <laughs> well, I'm still definitely chaotic something. <laughs> so As Barbara and Ian are having this discussion, they hear someone coming. And, of course, Yataxa's servants are currently not allowed to be in the temple with Yataxa, so Ian hides. And by hides, of course, I mean Ian stands up against the wall near the entrance to the room where hopefully whoever's coming won't just, like, turn around and see him standing there in plain sight. Excellent. (laughs) Solid strategy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, counting on the passive perception checks of the NPCs. Yes. (laughs) A strategy which has honestly paid off pretty well so far. (laughs) Of course, who is approaching is Tlatoxel and Tanilla with a drink. Tlatoxel is like, oh, I know that we've been fighting and stuff, but like, I'll totally be the bigger person and I approach you in humility with this drink of friendship, then I'll totally be your servant and go along with whatever you say. And Barbtax is just like, oh, cool, cool. And like, she takes the cup from Tanilla, who's theoretically there as a witness. Mm-hmm. And Ian, from behind Tanilla and Tlatoxel, starts like waving his hands, you know, all <laughs> like, no, 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 don't drink it. So Barb Taxa is like, so like, we're going to be friends, right? So Tlatox- you drink it first. Yeah, Tlatoxel's like, oh, yeah, totally. So she's like, then how about you drink the drink first? Yeah, it seems a friendly thing to do. Uh-huh. Also, did it really look like Barbara was just going to go along with it and be like, oh, okay, I guess we're friends now. (laughs) Yeah, I think she would have been smart enough. I don't think she actually needed Ian there. I mean, it is a kid's show, I'm sure, for for little kids. They had to have that moment where the kids were yelling at their TV screen. Yeah, that's true. Don't do it, Barbara. So Tlatoxel looks to Tanilla. He's got a look of surprise on his face. 
And Barb Taxa says, So this is your friendship. And she smashes the cup to the ground. <laughs> and she's I like, offer friendship to the ground. <laughs> I'm an adult. And I'm not gonna let you poison me. I threw it on the ground. You must think I'm a joke. I ain't gonna be part of this system. <laughs> She's like You defile this temple Get out of my sight Go So Tanilla leaves But Latoxil stays He's like dude I was only trying to test you Yataxa as a god Would survive drinking poison And Barbara's like Well I would have died I am not Yataxa Huh So Latoxil of course yeah, he's just like, aha, I knew it. And Barbara's like, yeah, but who the fuck is going to believe you? Oh, dang, Barbara. Uh-huh. I warn you, Clitoxel. You say one word against me to the people and I'll have them destroy you. Destroy you! Nice. Yeah. Damn, Barbara. Damn, Barbara. Damn, Barbtaxa. <laughs> <laughs> so Clitoxel kind of slinks off out of the room. Uh... Apparently, in all the excitement, he and Tintinilla both failed their passive perceptions because <laughs> they didn't see Ian. So Ian, you know, steps away from the wall and we get a nice, a brief but nice barbarian moment where Ian comforts Barbara and he tells her, like, not to worry. We're definitely going to GTFO. Yeah, I imagine that having someone hand you a cup of poison, that, that would be a, a pretty harrowing moment. Yeah. Back in the old folks garden, the doctor has come back with the cocoa. He and Kameka are drinking it and the doctor's like, "Man, the cocoa's awesome." <laughs> and Kameka's like, "Yeah, I'm so fucking happy." And the doctor's like, "Very prettily put, my dear." And she's like, "Oh, sweet favored man. You have declared your love for me." And I acknowledge and accept your gentle proposal. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just go with it, Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It's times like these that I wish there were a visual element to podcasting because the look on the Doctor's face in this moment is priceless, but it's a completely nonverbal response. But, you know, he is clearly shocked to discover the true secret special meaning of Coco. Oh, whatever, dude. Like, you you were totally flirting with her last episode, and now suddenly it's like, oh, no, the Coco, whatever. But, like, man, if you you liked it, you should have put some chocolate on it. (laughs) Always good advice. (laughs) You know, if there's someone you're interested in, then, like, Go get the beans ready. <laughs> Otlock asks Tanilla how Susan is doing in seminary. And he's like, oh, man, she's really fucking smart. And he's like, oh, man, that's right. We did have that subplot. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows the secret shit that, like, only priests know. Otlock's like, yeah, I guess that tracks. Like, she is servant of a goddess. But Tlatoxel 
is like, dude, she's a fake goddess. I know it. Alok's just like, fuck off, dude, with the fake goddess bullshit already. <laughs> That's right. You tell him. And yeah, Alok leaves. He's sick of this shit. So he leaves the room. But Latoxel turns to Tanoa and asks him what he thinks about Yatoxa. But Tanilla is not really sure who to believe. Tlatoxel wants to prove that Barbara is a fake goddess. But what is the way? She is too clever. That's right, she's too clever for you. Fuck yeah. So he gets Tanilla to tell him more about how Susan's doing in seminary. And Tanilla is like, Oh, she totally hates arranged marriage, it turns out. And Tlithoxel is like, huh, cool, cool. So we just need to find her husband then. And here I thought that the uh, brightest sacrifice was going to be Barbara, but I was wrong. (laughs) We cut over to the seminary itself where Otlock is quizzing Susan. And Tanilla shows up with another dude who we might recognize from the previous episode as the perfect victim. Otlock's like, sup, what are you doing here? And PV says that he wanted to come look at Susan. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. Otlock is like, uh, cool. PV, this is Susan. Susan, this is PV. Stands for perfect victim. Susan's like, oh, that sucks. And... <laughs> PV's like, oh, actually, it's pretty cool. I get, like, whatever I want. And, yeah, sure, I'll marry her. Susan, of course. Very romantic, very Uh romantic. (laughs) Susan's like, nope, you can fuck right off with that bullshit. And Tanilla's like, uh, you don't really get a choice. And Susan's like, yeah, I fucking do. And I choose fucking no. Yes, you tell him. I mean, it's not going to work, but you you go for it. (laughs) PV just kind of like storms off, leaves the room. But Tanilla is like, well, guess we got to punish her. As Tanilla leaves, Otlock tells Susan that he'll do whatever he can, you know, to like help protect her or whatever. But she calls him a monster and she calls all the Aztecs monsters because, you know, we can't let too much runtime pass without reinforcing the systemic racism that is going to lead to the destruction of all Aztecs. Yeah, you really don't need to, like, uh, keep applying your moral judgment to an entire group of people there, folks. Yeah. So back in the old folks' garden, Kameka has a gift for the doctor. Yeah, she does. (laughs) She gives him this medallion with Yataxa's symbol on it, since he seems to like the big symbol of Yataxa up on the wall of the garden so much. She's like, you know, I know you're really into architecture, so here's a little picture of architecture. (laughs) That tracks, I guess. Apparently, she got this medallion from Ixta's dad, the the temple architect, who turns out was actually in love with Kameka, and he gave this to her the night before he disappeared. 
turns mm. out he didn't actually die, or at least like his death has not been confirmed. He's just like never been seen again after that night. Hmm. But Kameka's just like, eh, that was a long time ago. You and I, Doc, we're totally going to have a happy life of marital bliss together. Excellent. Yeah. The doctor is just kind of going along with it at this point and like agreeing mm. with what she says and whatever. Which, sure, why not? She's pretty yeah. hot. I mean, she seems cool. I did think it was a little bit shitty that he's basically just like stringing her along because, you know, he knows this isn't going to last. But Oh, okay. Why don't you just destroy all my ships there, Kyle? <laughs> We've still got some time. She could come with them. That would be cool, actually. I'm always trying to I'd add more, uh, more people to the group. <laughs> so Tlatoxel and Tanilla show up at the temple, and they're like, Hey, Yatoxa, we've got a question. And Barb Taxa is like, Dude, Tanilla, you tried to poison me, and now you come to me with a question? Well, whatever. I forgive you. Ask your dumbass question. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so Tilatoxel is like, so if someone breaks the law, they should be punished, right? Like they should have their tongue like pierced with thorns and shit. And she's like, uh, that seems kind of excessive. Yeah. And Tilatoxel's like, Outlock's pretty cool with it. Hmm. Which, like, we the viewers know that, at least in this specific case, he's not cool. You know, he already told Susan he would, like, try to help her. Mm-hmm. Barb Taxa just asks when this punishment will take place. And Tlatoxel says it'll be at the eclipse ceremony in a few days. And... She's just like, well, okay, I'll be there, but I want all of my servants there. The two men and my handmaiden. Tlaktoxel's just like, yep, cool, that will definitely happen. Gotta get the party all together for the uh, the big finale. Mm-hmm. The doctor heads to the warrior's hall to show Ian his new Yatoxa medallion. And... He surmises, based on the fact that the medallion came from the temple and that there's a Yataxa symbol on the wall of the garden and that Ixta's dad disappeared after giving Kameka the medallion in the garden, mm -hmm. he thinks that there's a tunnel from the garden to the tomb. Okay, it's a bit of a stretch, but I think it kind of tracks. Yeah, kind of. That was basically my feeling as well. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's, you know, better than nothing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Ian wonders where he got the medallion. and <laughs> Good question. Uh-huh. The doctor's like, oh, it was a gift for my fiancé. Oh, and cool, yeah. It's, it's cool that he's so chill with it. Ian's just like, I see. Yo, What? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's like, yes, I made some cocoa and got engaged. <laughs> oh, don't giggle, my boy. It's neither here nor there. We must find that tunnel tonight. Yo, Ian, be cool about it. Let me just do a thing. Aren't you happy for me? <laughs> Ian agrees to meet the doctor in the old folks' garden after Ixta has gone to sleep that night, but 
He doesn't leave the scene without wishing the doctor congratulations. Nice. Yeah. Later, Otlock promises Barb Taxa that he'll back her when she tries to stop the human sacrifice at the eclipse. But he's like, man, that ceremony is really going to suck, huh? And she's like, no, ending the practice of sacrifice is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, no, no. I meant it's going to suck to have to punish Susan. Dun, dun, dun. And Barbara's like, oh, shit. Nope, that's not going to happen. She'll be punished at the eclipse. So when we've stopped the human sacrifice, I can order Clitoxel to release her. But Otlock's like, dude, the punishment is scheduled to happen before the eclipse. Dang it, why doesn't anybody tell me these things? <laughs> so, yeah, of course, if the plan was going to be the eclipse ends without a sacrifice, thus everyone will go along with what Itaxa says, thus she'll say, don't punish Susan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that plan won't work if the punishment happens before the eclipse. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? And Otlock's like, Will you sacrifice us to save your handmaiden pain? Because, of course, you know, he believes now that if she does not stop the practice of sacrifice, the Aztecs are going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is actually what happens. Historically, yeah. That's what she's trying to to prevent, but clearly because it did happen. um, This is one of those, like, time travel story things where it's like well we kind of know she's not going to succeed because uh the uh the aztec empire did continue with human sacrifice and was destroyed by the spanish we get a brief scene of ian sneaking off in the middle of the night and then ixta sneaks off after him apparently ixta was not actually asleep Hmm. but i gotta say if the XTN ship was not solidified in your mind yet, this scene should definitely do it because of their sleeping arrangements. Tell me more. In the warrior's chamber, there is a single double-wide sleeping mat rolled out on <laughs> the was, floor. And there was only one mat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Ixta and Ian are laying on it side by side. So, ship confirmed. Just warriors being bros. (laughs) Back in the old folks' garden at night, the doctor is trying to dislodge the Yataxa symbol up on the wall, but it's a pretty big slab of stone, and like basically he's just not strong enough to move it. But when Ian shows up, he is able to move it himself. Of course. And thus reveals that there is, in fact, a tunnel behind it. So, Doctor's about to rush in and check out the tunnel, telling Ian to stand guard. But Ian's like, dude, it's too fucking dangerous for an old man like you. I should go. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that tunnel is, like, 95% likely to be trapped, my dude. uh Uh-huh. So the doctor gives him, like, a little pocket flashlight, and Ian sets off down the tunnel with the doctor standing guard in the garden. And, of course, a few moments later, 
Ixta shows up in the old folks' garden and finds the doctor standing guard there. And Ixta's like, oh shit, we've got to replace that stone. And doctor's like, oh, I, I found it like this. Whoever moved it probably had a good reason, so probably we, we should just leave it. Mm-hmm. And Ixta's like, no, dude, that would ruin the garden. This tunnel is connected to the nearby lake. Mm. And doctor's like, uh, it's fucking dry in there. And Ixta's like, yeah, there's a gate at the fucking lake, dipshit. It's not just flooding all the time, but I've got to replace the stone before it does flood. Which he does. He replaces the stone. Oh, boy. Inside the tunnel, Ian hears a thunk, and he turns around to see that the stone has been replaced. And it turns out Ixta got it replaced, like, just in time, not a moment too soon, because we start hearing the unmistakable sound of running water. And Ian looks down and sees a stream splashing at his toes in his open-toed sandals. Mm. And he starts getting this pretty worried and concerned look on his face as the titles Next Episode, The Day of Darkness, appear on screen. Excellent. Another good title. Indeed. And Day good, of Darkness. Good cliff dangler. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good one, too. I'm not really sure like how this tunnel arrangement works. Um, like why they have a tunnel to the lake and there's a gate on the other end, but the water still comes in and so the stone... I'm not... Yeah. I think... I get the impression it was for irrigation. I guess it is a so, garden. You need water for the garden. Yeah, and they probably have like smaller, like smaller access tunnels or or like pipes probably that drain from the tunnel. The slab of stone that they moved for Ian to go in, like, I don't think that's what you would use to water the garden from because that's just like this big fucking hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. that, you know, fills apparently to the brim with water. But yeah, then I think probably there must be like, you know, little pipes or drains or whatever that, you know, probably irrigate the garden. Or you could just water your whole garden very quickly. <laughs> what I was curious about and what is never addressed is if the gate at the lake is somehow automatic or like, do they send a warrior up there like every night to close and open it or what? Yeah. Cause it sounds like it's open if the water's coming in. Yeah. But and I, it only just got opened. I felt like the lake was probably some distance away. So probably it got opened a little while earlier. Mm. And yeah, I guess Ixta must just know the watering schedule. If he's able to show up in the garden and be like, oh shit, this is going to flood if we don't do something. I mean, the GM's notes for the module say just when the player character gets into the tunnel, the water starts <laughs> coming in. So uh-huh. don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to the the players and the GM to do whatever world building they want to do from that event. Yes. 
But yeah, next episode, I think it's pretty clear we're going to get to this eclipse that we've been talking about, the Day of Darkness. So we had a... So we had a bride of sacrifice, and we had a bride of cocoa. <laughs> I can understand why they went the direction they did with the title, but uh, we did have two brides. This yeah, episode. bride of cocoa doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Yeah, I, I'd still watch that episode, though. Yeah, yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it continues to be a problematic fave, um, and. Uh, and and yet, I think it still it has some of that good classic Doctor Who um, feel to it. It's, it's got the kind of adventure mixed with the the cheese, and very much um, a pretty straightforward plot that kids can follow, while still having some twists and turns to keep it interesting. Yeah, definitely kind of a few different plot threads going on that, yeah. that interweave a little bit. Kind of wish Susan had a bit more to do this episode rather than just basically like refusing to go along with this arranged marriage to PV. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how the next one goes. And uh, just, I think it's safe to say uh, my hopes are not super high. <laughs> well, Find out if Susan gets a bigger role in two weeks on the Day of Darkness. Yes. See you then. Bye. Bye. Hi, Kyle here. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit23 for the awesome theme song he created for us. You can find his music, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23, that's circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thanks to Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who, and thanks to all of you for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. Join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. But all this is a long time ago, and I now look forward to a life of bliss with you. And I with you, my dear. Peace and contentment. Serenity. We must have a garden of our own. Yes, why not? A garden of our own.